Please pray with me. Father God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And who are we but your servants? May my words be useful. May my heart be useful to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like you to grant me a little bit of an indulgence to uh, use our imagination together to maybe enter the gospel reading a little bit more than than what we might usually. But I, I trust, have your Bibles open to Mark 10:46 on. Read the context around it if you want, because I, I trust I'll be true to it. But I can just imagine the story starting out with the son of Timaeus starting to wake up, and he feels the warmth of the rising sun on his face, and he's suddenly aware of its brightness, but he can't see anything. He's blind. There's a sensation, perhaps, of his wife jostling him, trying to get him awake. It's not that, though, that, that suddenly brings him to alertness and awareness. It's the sounds of the crowds. The crowd's outside of his window. He hears his wife, wake up, wake up, my husband. It's the crowd's. Jerusalem was becoming awash with, uh, with pilgrims. And, and so many of them would have to pass through Jericho in order to get there. And many people would be passing by. And it's not just the vast numbers. And there would be many. It was also the fact that they were worshippers wanting a clean conscience. And maybe they could bolster that conscience by giving some alms on the way to, on the, way to the road up to Jerusalem. If things went right for him, it could be a good day. A good week. And, and just maybe his family might have enough money from his begging that they could afford a Passover lamb too. And that they would be able to join in a, a good Passover. And so the son of Timaeus hastily, hastily put on his clothes because he had to get out there. He had to get where he could get his begging going. And he knew his meager house well. He could get through that. But the streets, the streets are their constant motion. The streets are their hustle and bustle. The streets where everything is changing. That was another matter. His wife quickly led him out by the main road or to the main road out by the city. Out near the city gates. And he was able to get a hold of the last patch of shade there by the side of the road. And he sat down and he spread out his cloak over him to catch any coins that might be tossed his way or more likely dropped his way. The coins that he could hear and touch, but that he couldn't see. It was a good morning to beg. True, most of the people thought that a man like him who had gone blind, surely a man like him, God's curse was on him. That's why he is blind. But still, still, 
Giving alms was considered a virtue and the crowds were passing by and they were huge and they were going up to celebrate the the redemption of their people from slavery, from Egypt. And they had generous hearts that day. So it would be a good day to beg. Many generous hearts passing by might just result in an intermittent shower of coins into his lap. I suppose maybe like Christmas time is for, for store owners. It's a good time to sell, good time to beg, Passover. Now about the middle of the morning, maybe a little bit earlier, the son of Timaeus noticed that the crowd sounded different. It got quieter. In the distance, he could hear a singular voice. And obviously, the crowds were listening. And the voice was coming closer. And and he knew it must be one of the many itinerant rabbis that as they walked along, they'd be teaching their disciples and teaching the crowd around them. And they'd listen and they'd ask questions and they'd dialogue a bit along the way. Here and there, he heard a snatch of the conversation, something Something about the kingdom of God. That got his curiosity going. Thought about it a moment. So he asked one of the pastors by, hey, who is that guy? The guy doing the teaching. One of them in the crowd said, oh, it's, it's Jesus, the the." The teacher, the rabbi from Nazareth. The son of Timaeus stopped for a moment. Where had he heard that name before? Jesus from Nazareth. Jesus Jesus from Nazareth. Slowly he remembered. And as he remembered, his heart began to race because one day, one day he was sitting by the side of the road begging the way he always did day after day. And this guy came along and he dropped a coin in his lap. And then he sat down next to him. And nobody does that, but this guy did. And the stranger began to tell him about this, this Jesus from Nazareth. How he had taught about the kingdom of God and how he didn't just talk about it. He began to heal people. And there were cripples and there were, there were the leprous and there were the people who were demon possessed. Some of them were able to walk up. Others were brought up on stretchers. And he healed them all. And as Bartimaeus hears the story, he began to tremble a little bit. And he said, what, what about blind people? Did he ever heal? Did he ever heal blind people? The man said, "Oh yes, he did." Are you sure? Are you sure he's ever healed them? Yes, I'm sure. How can you be sure? He said, "Because once I was just like you. Once I was sitting beside a road begging, and he came by and he touched my eyes, and I could see." If you can just find him, if you could just go to where he is, he could do the same for you. And another guy who was also in the crowd said, yeah, I, I, 
I've seen that too. I think he could. But how's a blind guy going to get there? It was over in Galilee. Oh, well. But something, of course, began to to stir in him. And unfortunately, as the crowd began to move, he realized that Jesus had already passed him by. And he heard the voice trailing off into the distance. But he was blind. He couldn't just get up and chase after him. And I'm getting a bit ahead of myself because I want to ask you guys a question. How did he know who Jesus was? How can I speculate that this story about somebody telling him about Jesus happened? Because Bartimaeus, and of course this story is Bartimaeus' story, knew who Jesus was. How did he know who Jesus was? Unless, unless someone told him. Verse 47. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. How would he know? How would he know Jesus could do anything? Somebody must have told him. And I will bet, like in my story, somebody probably told him, He healed me. That's how I know. They told him what they'd experienced. What they'd seen. What they'd heard. What they'd known. Listen. If Jesus has ever changed your heart, if He's ever tamed your temper, if He's ever lifted your sadness, if He's ever saved your marriage, if He's ever given purpose to your life, if He's ever quieted your racing mind, if He's ever silenced the clamor of your addictions, if He's ever healed your body, if He's ever saved your soul, share your story. Share it with those around you. Share it with somebody who needs to hear it. Share it with somebody that had the same desperation that you used to have until you met Him. Don't keep it to yourself. And so as I started, I can imagine that by this time, Bartimaeus hears the voice trailing off and he can't get up. He can't chase him. He's blind. So what does he do? It's his best chance ever to see again. And it's passing him by. So he did the only thing he could do. You know, I have to think that, that as a beggar, you want to have just the right voice. You want to have a voice that's loud enough that everyone hears you. But doesn't sound so strong they think, oh, he could, he could work. But now he throws that aside and he screams out of the top of his lungs, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! 
Again and again he shouted it. And people began to get annoyed. Would you shut up? We're trying to hear the teacher. We want to listen. And you're shouting. But he didn't stop. He didn't stop. He kept calling out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Does it remind you a little bit of Jesus' teaching on prayer? Perhaps somebody taught you the Greek of it's keep on seeking the kingdom. Keep on asking. Maybe you remember the parable that Jesus told about the unjust judge and the widow woman that she kept coming to him again and again. And the man finally said, I am so tired of this woman, I'm going to give her the justice she asks for. That's what Bartimaeus was doing. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Perhaps it was the title, Son of David, because that's a messianic title. Perhaps it was the persistence that he kept at it, just like Jesus taught people about prayer to keep at it. Perhaps it's because he knew the depth of the need and Bartimaeus' heart. But Jesus stops in his tracks, stands there a minute and listens to him as he calls out. And our gospel reading states what happened like this, verses 48 and 49. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and he said, call him. And so they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Now, do you find it interesting that Jesus told the people around him to call the man? He didn't call out and say, yeah, what do you want? He told the people around him, call him. Could it be, could it just be that when Jesus calls somebody, that much of the time, maybe most of the time, he chooses to use ordinary people? People like you and me to do his calling. You guys, go call him. But when he hears the invitation, Bartimaeus doesn't waste a second. The Gospel reading says this in verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. His cloak. The outer garment he wore. Bartimaeus throws his cloak aside. You see, often beggars would use the cloak. They'd spread it out to catch the coins. If he was doing it that day... He threw all of his money away. He threw away his money to get a chance to, to be face to face with Jesus and maybe be healed. At the very least, 
I hear the echo of the words of the writer of the Bible book of Hebrews. I wrote this in Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. An empty cloak would have slowed him down a little. And if that's the case, he cast it off. But an empty cloak full of coins, or a cloak rather full of coins, leaking as he got up to go, that would have slowed him down a lot. Either way, the point is, he didn't want anything to hinder his getting to Jesus. Whatever it was, he wanted it away so he could get there as fast as possible. Is there anything in your way today? Anything that's hindering you from getting closer to Jesus? Anything at all? What is it? Would you be willing to throw it aside to get to see Jesus face to face? To have His touch? To hear His voice. Whatever it takes, even if it's your day's wages as a beggar, will you throw it aside and make your way to Him as quickly as you can? Now, of course, at this point in our Gospel reading, Bartimaeus is still blind. And they're saying, come on! Easy for you and me. How's Bartimaeus going to do it? Scripture doesn't say exactly how he got there. But I have to imagine that along the way, people were moving out of the way for him, and they'd be grabbing him this way, and nudging him, no, that way, that way. And you can see him just kind of stumbling and lurching forward, It was an operation. But he got there. If you and I had been in that crowd, would we have been among those helping Bartimaeus get to Jesus? Would we have moved things out of his way? Would we have directed him, grabbed him, pointed him that way? No, over there. Are we doing that now to people who need Jesus? And I also wonder just how much faith did Bartimaeus have? Can't see his heart, but I can see what he did. He had enough faith to know that Jesus could heal him, and again by his actions. He had enough faith to call out to Jesus again and again and again. He had enough faith to ignore the crowd that told him to just shut up and sit there. He had enough faith to throw off his cloak, believing God had something better for him. He had enough faith to risk stumbling, enough faith to risk looking foolish and uncoordinated and blind, trying to get to Jesus. And that, that was enough faith. 
But I still wonder, what if? What if no one had ever told Bartimaeus who Jesus was? And he just sat there begging for alms as Jesus passed by. What if he'd never called out because he'd get too much attention of the wrong kind? Well, what if he'd just listened to the crowd when they said, would you just shut up? We want to hear him. What if he'd never cast off his cloak and stood to his feet? What if he'd been too embarrassed to stumble his way to Jesus? What would have happened then? I think we'd have only the story of a man who got ever so close to Jesus. Ever so close to being healed, but never quite there. And almost. If today your heart's telling you to press in towards Jesus, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. Whatever's in the way, move it. Whatever's encumbering you, throw it off. It's not worth it compared to knowing Him. Don't let any human being, any argument, or any devil of hell ever dissuade you, stop you, or slow you down from getting into the presence of the Lord. Now when he gets to Jesus, Jesus seems to ask what sounds like a pointless question. In verse 51, Jesus asks, What do you want me to do for you? And we want to go, isn't it obvious? But it's really not a pointless question. Our sickness, our sin, our brokenness can become our identity to the point that we think if it's taken away from us, we won't be ourselves anymore. I don't know how I'll live without that limp. I don't know how I'll live without that blindness. I don't know how I'll get on without my brokenness. It won't be me anymore if the Lord takes that away. Instead of healing, we might simply be wanting attention. Or just sympathy. Oh, you poor dear. I'm so sorry you're blind. Or maybe better results from our begging. Lord, I'm supposed to have gotten this inheritance. Can you help me with that? Can you make it so when people give me money, it's, it's more than enough? The answer to that question, what do you want me to do for you, was something for Bartimaeus to grapple with. What do you really want? What do you really want? And it's a question for us too. What do you and I want Jesus to do to do for us? What are you willing to press into Him, to get close to Him, to be able to receive 
I think of the disciples in that storm in Galilee when Jesus was asleep on the boat. They wake him up. The amazing thing is they don't say, Lord, could you tell the storm to stop? Which is what he ended up doing. They said, Lord, don't you care that we're drowning? You should be panicking with us. Sometimes we just want God to panic with us. And not to stop the problem. Is it just sympathy we want from God? Is it just comfort? Or is it real healing? Real transformation? Real deliverance that we seek from Him? What we get from Jesus may in fact depend on what we really seek for in our heart of hearts. What Bartimaeus asked Jesus for and what he got was this in verse 51 and 52. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. He received his sight. Jesus didn't touch him. He didn't tell him to do anything. He just healed him. And having been healed, Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Now, literally says, followed him along the road. And so maybe it was just that, but some of the, the, the ancient commentators looking at this story said, you know, Mark names this guy. In all likelihood, he became a believer and he was known to the church. Yeah, this is Bartimaeus. You know Bartimaeus. He's over at. Yeah, this is his story. He followed Jesus. He received a healing from Jesus and he followed him. Not everybody who gets a healing from the Lord follows. But he did. So how about you and me? Will we do whatever it takes to get close to Jesus? Will we do whatever it takes to stand in His presence to see Him face to face? To receive from Him what He has for us? Will we do whatever it takes to get the healing, to get the transformation our heart cries out for? What about the people in our lives, the people around us? The people who need Jesus. Will we share our own story of pressing in closer to Him and and what we found when we got there? Will we share the story of what Jesus has done for us so that other people will desire or press in to know Him the way we have? Those stories, they're still being written now. The ink on the page is still wet. People of God, the pen, it's in our hands.